Welcome to the Airflow Podcast. I'm your host, Ricky Thomas, and this is the place where Kingdom heirs go to be informed and inspired. So sit back, relax, and flow with me. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to a new episode of the Airflow Podcast. I'm your host, Ricky Thomas. And today's episode is going to be for the mature folks, the the folks who are okay with holding themselves accountable, the folks who look at the world and look at themselves and, and try to figure out how can we make it better. I'm talking to the people who want change and but also look at things from within. You know, they take they take an introspective view of their lives and not project it on other people. They're not victims. I'm talking to those folks today. And this is this this episode is. It's going to be different because. You know, over the past couple of months, and I would say even the past couple of years, but in you know, the past couple of months, I was really just thinking about my life and thinking about things that I've experienced over the past couple of years. How we talk about getting into, you know, how, how things have changed from COVID, um, my relationship with God, my relationship with my family, just relationships in general. I start looking within myself and one of the reasons why I started this podcast was I wanted to create a positive space, a space for growth, a space for something different, something that was um, not status quo with I'm on here gossiping. I'm on here talking about folks. I'm on here, you know, tearing people down. Uh, You know, it's it's that that wasn't and that's not the purpose for this podcast. I want to inspire people. I want to enhance people. And so when you start talking about that, it just goes back to what we are supposed to be as Christians and being, you know, you've heard it in the Bible, being the salt of the earth. We're the light. We're supposed to be the light in in darkness, but we're supposed to be the salt of the world. We're supposed to enhance things. We're supposed to bring a flavor that is different than what everybody else is getting. We are supposed to be differentiators we're supposed to be world changers we're supposed to be something that's not expected and I feel like when I look at myself I start to think have I lost my salt I look at the church and I say has the church lost the salt or saltiness I should say I look at the African African American community have we lost our saltiness I look at us as a human race and I think have we lost our saltiness and and I have to say that is there there are there are still great people out there who are really trying to do everything in their power to change the world for the better through you know through um inspiring others in in different manners of science and 
um, you can say science, religion, and uh, sports, and um, medicine, and entertainment, and you know whatever fields of mountains that are out there, government, education, things like that. There are people who are really out there fighting the good fight. But then there are those who are trying to take on giants that they not, that they're not meant to take on of their own. And you're seeing people falling under that weight. And all of that is really a culmination to me. And, and from my opinion, it's a culmination of where we are today and why we have so many people abandoning the church. We have so many people abandoning um, their role as a Christian. We have so many people abandoning their their love or their um, abandoning the unity within the African-American community and just overall as human beings. There's no morals. There's no ethics. There's no there's 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 it's almost like we are in a state of chaos in so many areas. We are in the jungle. It is a survival of, of the fittest mentality. We see it in the church. We see it across all the different communities, you know, African-American community. We see it amongst the human race. We see it amongst people who are believers. Who serve the same God. But we have no we have no saltiness to us. Because those who are not believers, those who don't have a relationship, are they looking at us? And I say us, including me. And do they see anything different? And I say the human race, and it sounds funny, but, you know, when we look at animals. And you think to yourself, and I had this kind of I had this this thought I had this uh, I don't say discussion, but I had this whole thought process um, a while back where I was like, I wonder if animals in the wild look at the human race today and think they're no different than us I mean think about that you think about that within I'm just going to take this country the US all of the death the deaths the, the dishonor the the hatred the violence the racism all the things that make up our country and as great as you know I'm I'm not a I'm not bashing America, but I'm saying what separates us from animals? What separates us from, and I say animals, I'm not talking about domesticated animals, but what separates us from animal in the jungle? See, there's no difference. If, if there's no difference between us as humans and animals, that's a problem. Because we were created to take dominion. But how can we take dominion if we can't even govern ourselves the right way? If we can't even love and, and build and, and we're able to live a life where we have morals. It's not all, see, this is, this is not necessarily all about religion. It's not all about whether you're a Christian or whether you're um, a Muslim or whether you're, um, you know, a Buddhist or whatever 
religion that you choose to associate with or if you make the choice of not believing in a religion even as an atheist there's a basic thing that as people that differentiate differentiates us from animals our ability to have compassion our ability to show empathy basic human human principles basic human principles gone as a human race we've lost our saltiness in our in the african american community i am all about growth and empowerment empowerment but i look within our community and i say to myself do we love and respect each other how can we demand change in our community if we don't even have compassion for each other inside the community? And I'm, I'm not going to get into that because that's a whole different discussion. But again, how can you get people to respect and honor us and, and treat us in a way that commands respect if we don't even show respect for each other? And to take it a step further, if we expand the boundaries, you know, we talk about the United States of America and the U.S. used to be one of the most respected and feared countries out there. And I say feared, but, you know, I should say revered. But respected. We used to be. But now we have countries, people from the outside looking at us like, why do I want to go to the U.S.? Look at how they treat each other. Look at their government. You're trying to sell me democracy. But you guys can't even pass laws to pay your teachers, to protect your children, to build infrastructures for your roads. To make sure that that cities in the great country of the United States of America, that, that they have good running water. Flint, Michigan still does not have clean water for its citizens as great as this country is we've lost our salt politically again when i talk about democracy how can you how can you preach democracy to the rest of the world who may not have it and we don't even we don't even model what that looks like we have tainted election processes. We have tainted f officials. And again, I know everybody's not perfect. But we can't even sit together as as different political parties and figure out what's the best course of action to get our country to make sure our country is right. And I don't care if you're a Democrat, Republican, Tea Party, wh whatever party there is, independent, whatever you want to claim, whatever party you want to come up with. The bottom line is. How do we get our people, our country back on track? How can we work together to do that? And then we expand those boundaries, because when you start talking about the, the, the followers of Christ, you start talking about Christians. And you ask yourself, how can how can we call ourselves Christians 
and we follow the teachings of Jesus Christ. God is our savior. The Holy Spirit dwells within us. And we act no different than everybody else than the rest of the world. We act no different than, and I say the rest of the world, those that are non-believers. Those that, you know, we, we within the church, and, and, I, and I saw an interview the other day, and a gentleman was saying that, you know, people within his own religion, the religion that he follows, mis- mistreated him. But it was those that the religion shunned. I think it was a transgender, it was some transgender people and people who are a, a totally different religion. They treated him better than his own people, his own community of, of worshipers. And that says a lot. That's that says a lot to me. Um, you know, it says a lot to to just think about And this. This person, you know, they're not a Christian. I think they were Muslim, but they were just saying that um you know that that people who are supposed to be from the same space of place of faith um they they were being treated differently and so i look within the 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 christian religion and i look within just and i hear this cuz you know you talk to people um, if you if you ever talk to people who have real church hurt, they always mention that you know it was, it was people within the church when they needed the church the most that they felt turned their back on them. When the when when they made a mistake or when something took place in their life, it was the church who turned their nose up at them. But it was those that were outside of the church. Who didn't claim to be, you know, holy rollers or Christians or whatever. They were the ones who helped get them back on their feet. Now. Is that everybody's experience? No. But we got to start looking at that. Are we too salty? Or are we just not? There's no flavor at all in us. What are we doing? And looking at our, our relationships within our families. Are we building our families or are we just competing to try to be the best of, uh, you know, to be the best in everything that we do, no matter who it hurts? What difference are we making in our environment? And I'm talking to I'm talking to us as individuals. I'm speaking to myself and I'm speaking to the individual you. What what part or what environment are you in? What's your circle of influence? And within that circle, how can there be or where is there a distinction? Is there a distinction? Because there should be. If if we are and I'm speaking as individuals, if we are truly spirit led. And we are truly believers and followers of christ and our goal is to continue to seek him and to be like him then we will be the salt no matter where we go and when you're around other believers who are the same 
then you don't lose your salt in those environments. You don't lose your saltiness. You don't have to go into those environments and, and, you know, lose all your salt, your saltiness. Those are environments that you go in to recharge yourself, to get your saltiness back. And prepare you to go back out into the world and add the, your saltiness in those in those areas and those are whatever those arenas are that you were called to be in. And then you come back. To your church, to your your to who you are bound, I say bound to, but who you are connected with. To recharge you again. To recharge that saltiness. And that's what the church, the church is supposed to be there for that. The church is supposed to prepare us as Christians to individually go into the workplace, go into the world. And sprinkle our salt in there. And we come back to the church to be around like minded people. To continue to increase that. The pastor is supposed to bring in a word that is going to enhance our saltiness. That is that is what it's supposed to be, but that's not where we're at today. See, we're so busy trying to bring the world into the church that we forget to make sure that we don't lose our saltiness and what our calling is supposed to be for when we got saved. So everybody's stuck on numbers. Everybody wants to be a mega church. Everybody wants to have tens of thousands of people as members and, and have the big TV shows. But just because they have all those things doesn't mean that they got the salt. I've seen small churches make huge impacts, huge impacts, bigger impacts than a bigger impact than than some of the mega churches that are around. I've seen where the church I attend not a huge church in terms of membership, but make a big impact in the community that we serve. When we're focused and when we're walking in one accord with the with the spirit of with God's spirit and, 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 and truly knowing that we're being led by the spirit to do the things that we're doing. And it keeps our salt where it needs to be to where we're enhancing the flavor of the world around us. That is what we're supposed to do. But then we start throwing up these walls. As a church. And the church is just becoming so salty. That it's not even palatable to the world. So you've got two kind of. Interesting points here. And I hope people are following me on this. But you have. You have. Situations where the church is so salty. That people who are looking. To seek that. They can't. It, it's not palatable for them because it's so salty. It, it it doesn't make way to incorporate other people to get them to where they're supposed, where they're called to be. So it's like this. It's not inclusive of of bringing people in 
to allow them to be open to hear what God has to say, to receive the salt that they're supposed to have so they can take that back out into the world and expand that salty flavor in the world. And then on the other side, you have where the church has been so, I'm going to say, watered down to the place where there is no salt. So from the outside looking in, I see try I see all the 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 issues and challenges and all the things that the church is experiencing internally and I'm like why do I want to go and be a part of that when I have to deal with this in my house I have to deal with this in my place of business I have to deal with this when I turn on the news why would I want to go into the house of God or this particular church or or join this particular um you know, religious organization. If there's no, if it's no difference than what I'm, what I'm used to seeing on a daily basis, there's nothing that's, that's drawing me in. There's nothing that says I want to be a part of that because I, I can, I'm, I'm dealing with this nonsense day. I'm coming here to seek answers, but instead I'm seeing more of the same. And so people are turned off. So the question is, how can we balance out the flavor because again we're supposed to be open and inviting people and showing them in how we live our lives so that they can see that you can enjoy yourself you can have fun see that and people have this mindset where when you get too salty you get too high and mighty and too religious that you can't enjoy life. You can't have fun. You can't joke around. Everything has to be I'm singing hymns. And that's not that's not what God called us to do. He called us to enjoy ourselves. But keep certain things we have to remember. There are certain things that we have to keep sacred. There are certain rules that we have to ab- abide by. But outside of that, if we're following those rules, we'll we'll have the best lives possible. But we get so stuck up in our high and mighty viewpoints that, well, this particular sin is bad. And we're going to stand on the on the boat of we're going to stand on the soapbox that, well, homosexuality, you know, homosexuality and and. And transgenders and, and, and all of that, that's just that's terrible. That's like the worst sin ever. But we turn our nose up at the the adulterers or I say I turn them up, but we turn away from the adulterers. We turn away from, you know, those that are fornicating and sleeping around. We turn away from those that might be doing drugs or alcoholics, you know, and abusing drugs and alcohol. We turn away from those who are committing, um, you know, sexual immoralities just across the board, you know, um, people within the church sleeping around with each other. We, 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 we accept those things, but we, we want to stand on this sin right here. We're going to, we're going to focus on this one thing. And the sin is a sin. There's no, this is worse than the other. I, I don't remember, and, and somebody who is a biblical scholar can correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't remember seeing anything that ranked sins in the Bible. I don't remember there being a ranking on a sin. 
you know, it's kind of like a, a it's like a when you go to a, a wing place, you know, wing stop. You know, uh, I, I went there recently when I was in Florida, got got some wings. And of course, they got their sauces. And I think Buffalo Wild Wings does the same thing. And they put their sauces in like a, a, a chart. It's a graph going from mildest to hottest. The Bible doesn't set sin up that way. And so when you have curious people who, you know, there are those that are out there that are that are, you know, battling, you know, with their with their sexuality and they're trying to figure out, you know, how that plays in with their relationship. And it's a true struggle. It's a struggle for some. Some people are okay with it. My thing with all of that is. Where's the salt in the whole process? Where is our distinction? Where is our difference? Why are we choosing one thing over the other to 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 hang our hat on or to, to stake our claim as a church? Sin is wrong. But see, I go back to God hates the sin, he but he loves the sinner. So there's an area of redemption that needs to be a part of that. But we don't talk about that. We focus on. Again, there's a big fight about the transgender community or the, the, the LGBTQ plus, you know, and again, I'm not being disrespectful because I believe that everybody deserves the chance to be redeemed. And if, you know, again, it's not my it's not my place to judge off of what your relationship with Christ is, because I don't know. All I can do is say I'm going to live my life. The best way that I can, according to God's word. And when I fall short, it is my responsibility to atone for my sins and make sure that my relationship with Christ is right first. And I believe that wholeheartedly. I believe that that is what I'm supposed to do. See, I can't focus on what that community, what this community over here does or that community over there does. And I have things that I have to deal with personally so i've got to focus on getting my joy right because when i do that then it becomes i become the light of the world i become salty and then people see that and they feel the genuine they feel the 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 that it is a genuine thing that i'm genuinely happy that they see the manifestation of blessings that god provides me and guess what, people? God provides blessing. Just because you are a devout Christian and follower of Christ doesn't mean that that God doesn't have his hand on you even when you're in your sin. All of us, everybody who I know who is a born-again believer, everybody that has devoted their life to Christ, everybody says they had a past. Every sinner has a past. Every one of us. It doesn't matter if you're an alcoholic, a drug abuser, um, domestic violence person. Everybody has had something. Sexual immoralities. Everybody has had something that they've done. Nobody walks this earth as a perfect person. I am a walking redemption. And I know it's easy to focus on one thing. It's, It's easy to focus on one community. I want everybody to be healed and set free. And at the end of the day, your relationship with Christ is your relationship with Christ. But there should be a difference. 
we can't continue to sit here and say that we are followers of Christ and our lives not reflect that. That is a contradiction. And that's where I get to the place of your life should be a reflection of your beliefs. But we don't see that. And so that's why people aren't attracted to the church. That's why people, they, they see, they, they feel certain ways. And I'm just going to talk about, you know, because I know all pastors aren't like this. But they see pastors living in the big houses, driving the fancy cars and doing all these things that are that the world sees as successful. And then when they dig into more and more, you hear more and more about these preachers who, you know, there are preachers out there who have been robbing the church, robbing God's people. And and I'm going to say this to men and women of God who are leading churches, who are called to shepherd. At some point, God has to has to give you a word that is relevant for the time that we are in. And again, I'm not a pastor, I'm not a preacher, but that word for your people does not have to come with a dollar sign, a dollar amount attached to it. See, we can't sit here and say that are we are called to lead people to, to Christ. We are called to enhance and build lives, but we're treating them the same way the world treats, it, treats them. Everything is monetized. Now, I follow prophets, different prophets. I follow different preachers. You know, and and I use my ability, I use my gift of discernment as much as I can. I try to at least. I try not to ignore certain things, and I get skeptical about certain people that I that I hear. And I get to the place where I've got to I've got to seek God. You know, like is is this some is this a word? Is this truly a word for me? And everybody, anybody who's been around you know, preaching, been around the church, you know if there is a word that you heard that was for you or not. You don't have to guess. The preacher may not have mentioned you one time, your your name one time, but you know you heard a word that has been right on time. But I caution, I caution the church into trying to monetize every little thing. And I'm going to I want to put this out there. I am not talking about my man of God. Because I believe without a shadow of a doubt that he has a heart for the people and his desires to see his people prosper in every way. I believe that. But I will say to others, be careful. Be careful. That you are not truly hearing God. Be careful that you are living or preaching a word that is world based 
and not word based. Be careful that you are not focused on things that sound good, that play to people's emotions. See, in this day and age, people do need to feel good. People need to experience some some love and laughter and things like that. But they also need the truth about God's word. And we have to be careful. We got to be careful now. There is a balance in all of this. There is a balance because this is not and this is my personal opinion. This the, the world that we live in, this is not the time that we hoop and holler a message where we don't really teach people anything to help their lives increase. But they walk out feeling good. And they go back to the way things normally are. For all these prophets. And there are good prophets and there are, there are some that are just out for the money. For all you prophets, God does not give you a word, like I said, and attach a seed value, a, a price to that word. I'm not saying that God will not give you a word that says this is an amount that you're, you know, God gave me this amount. So everybody who sows their seed will see. But I, I, I know that 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 can happen. But every word that God gives you should not command a seed. At least a monetary seed. Now, again, I'm open to be corrected. But see, these are the things that people get challenged with in, 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 in the church atmosphere. I go to church to get my life right. And I know it takes again. I, I know the other side of church that it does take money to run a ministry. It does take money. It takes money to keep. I saw a graphic. Um, I think it was yesterday or today. I saw a graphic today. And they said the average church in America brings in 300,000. The average church has about 200 members and they bring in 300,000 a year. And the lady was breaking down basically everything that the church has to do, you know, in terms of insurance and bills and everything else. And you've got janitors, you've got supplies, you know, for the church and the church offices and everything. And then you have staff that you have to pay a salary to. You have the pastor that you pay a salary to. So when you think about that, when you think about those numbers, 300,000 people, I'm just going to do the math real quick, you know, I've 300,000 people, if $300,000 on average of a church that's the size of 200 members, that's only $1,500. That, and basically that's, that's what they're saying. They say over a year, the, the average person, if they're, if they're, and that's not, that's not saying that they're, that's what they're supposed to tithe, but they're, they're getting about $1,500 per person. And that's what they collect in their tithes and offering on average is $300,000. And they and you spread that out over two hundred, an average of two hundred members. Now some do more, some do less. Everybody is not a tither, and I believe that you know giving as a believer, giving is a way of life. As a believer, you should be excited to be able to give because God has blessed you with harvest 
that you can continue to sow and continue to reap and continue to build and enhance the kingdom. So I understand that part of your prosperity does involve money. But again, what are we showing the world that's different? Because there are drug dealers and and other folks who are out who are not of the church who are out there blessing people with money. The devil can bless you. The devil can can give you money. The devil can people, you know, on, on Thanksgiving, they, they in the hood with with, you know, big, big box trucks full of turkeys and, and Thanksgiving stuff. So, you know, again, it's a good deed, but it, but, you know, when you start thinking about it. Just because you were part of the church don't mean you're the only person that can or only only group that can bless folks. But how are you? What are you doing? Where's the integrity and everything? Where's the honesty with with your with your parishioners? Where 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 is that? Where's the saltiness? Where is the the information? Or where is the, the the true desire to build your people? And I'm not one of those folks that that think that, you know, a pastor can't have nice things and and money and all that other stuff. But when that stuff becomes the focus of your message. Then you're not doing anything different than rappers or entertainers or anybody else. And I've heard pastors and preachers where they talk about all of their things. They make sure that. When they're live on TV, when they when they're on their their social media platforms, they're showing the designer clothes. They're showing the designer, you know, glasses. They've got the shoes. They've got the the big houses or they pulling up in the cars and they're making sure people, you know, this is what they got. Now, they put the disclaimer that God has blessed me with that. But it's all about the 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 effects now. On the flip side, if you if you look at if you look at things, how many people will follow a pastor that doesn't reflect prosperity? How many people will follow that man of God? Now, if God tells you to follow. That's a different story. But think about that. How many people really follow a broke preacher, a man or woman of God? They don't they don't have any prosperity in their lives. There's no sign of abundance. You probably wouldn't follow that because you're like, okay, if I'm if I'm truly living out God's word, I'm gonna have abundance. Now, abundance doesn't mean money all the time. But if my relationships aren't blessed, my family isn't blessed, if if people around me aren't growing and prospering, and that's in all aspects, you know, mentally, physically, spiritually, emotionally physically if i didn't say that already financially all of those things play into that if i don't see that then why am i listening to you is your word going to add flavor to my life is it going to enhance me more importantly is this where god wants me to be and i can I can go on and on about this kind of stuff. And I feel I feel like I needed to address this, these things in this episode, because we 
as a people, as a people of believers. And this is the Airflow podcast. So I am trying to continue to inspire heirs to be who they were created to be. And to be heirs, we have to be salty. We are supposed to infiltrate areas that are bland and enhance it. We are supposed to enhance in those areas that they are looking for that. Now, we can't force ourselves, our saltiness on others. Because God, it's God, it ultimately it's up to God, right? Ultimately, it is up to God. God is going to be the, 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 the almighty redeemer. He is going to be the one who is going to bring the peace, the joy, the love, all that stuff. We are supposed to be reflections. We are supposed to show people this is we're supposed to show people we're supposed to be the walking billboards of what being a follower is like. And when you're like that, then no matter what community you go into, people will feel the love. I should be able to go into a community of, of people. I should be able to walk into a, a prison. And people gravitate to me because I am who I say I am. I hear them. I listen to what they're saying. I love on them. I tell them that no matter what you've done, no matter what what mistakes you you feel you made, that you are still loved and there is still an opportunity for you to change. But see, how many people get out of prison and they, they go to a church and they're looking for help and, and they get there, they get you know, people are, are scared and they're afraid and they're nervous and they turn their nose up. How many pastors are like, oh, we don't know about this person. How many how many people have you seen do that with or have that issue? It's like, man, you know, I, 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 I've done my time. I'm trying to get my life back on track. And, you know, sometimes you just need a little help. But but the church folks they'll turn their nose up like, oh, they just got a jail. We don't want to help them. There used to be prison ministries out there. Churches had ministries that would go to the prisons. See, at some point in time, everybody wants to be loved. Now, there are people who are possessed by demons and there are people who uh, that, that the devil will use as puppets at different times. But everybody has the ability to be saved. The question is is do they want to be saved? And if they do want to be saved, then it's our, then, then they would be, that means their heart is open and they're ready to receive. And that's where the salt comes in. That's where, you know, our salt gets on them. And that's where, you know, God is able to penetrate and, and, and make the change. And it's no matter what the situation is. I don't care who it is, where it is. And at no point in time, whether you agree with what other people do, because there's things that people don't agree with what I did. And I'm not sitting here perfect. I've had challenges. I've had issues with my family. I've had things that I've done and I'm not proud of. And I've had to own up to some things and say, you know what, I'm sorry. And pray that that I didn't damage the relationship. 
See, I don't I'm not one of those people. I, I know that everybody's not going to like me. And sometimes it's not my fault. And sometimes it is. And when it's not, I'm still going to show you the love. I've, I've worked with people who told me they didn't like me and they didn't have a reason why they didn't like me. And I still treated them with respect. I still did what I had to do to make sure that I'm the team player that I am and I'm going to take care of business. And I let God handle it. And I had people come up to me afterwards and said, you know what? I don't know why I had this issue with you, but you were actually a good guy. And I'm I'm glad that, you know, I, I was going through some things, but you were you were there and you you stayed professional and this, that. And the other. I had people come back to me. I had a I had a boss that was like that. One of my old managers was he was like that. He came to me afterwards and he 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 swore up and down that I was just this that I was, you know, I had a level of peace about me where I didn't get frustrated because I used to walk around so frustrated. And I had to ask God got on me about that. Now, I may have mentioned that before, but God, I was at work. I was I was mad. I was frowning. I was like frustrated about everything. And and but here I am, you know, I'm I'm a child of God. I'm I'm a follower of Christ. I had no salt about me. I was working in a call center. And there was no difference. People looked at me. They didn't see any difference. They didn't see anything because I was I was walking around like, you know, in those times at that time, I was walking around like, you know, I was everybody else. I was mad. I was frustrated. But then God hit me and said, you know what? You're not showing the love. And and, and he made me. He said, I want you to do something. To make my manager's day. Now, I couldn't stand this guy. In the flesh, I was like, I'm not doing it. But God, it was the middle of the night. He woke me up. He said, you know what? Do this. So I went and he he loved Mountain Dew Code Reds. And I bought him the biggest bottle the gas station had. And I sat it on his desk. I think I did tell the story here. I, I sat it on his desk. And I didn't wait there to be acknowledged. I, you know, he wasn't in the office. I didn't say put my put a sticky note on it and say this is from Ricky. No, I didn't do that. I just put it there and I walked out. He wasn't in there. I went to my office. I went about my day and there was a piece about me. Later on that day, we had a man, a group meeting that we normally have. And, you know, he was like, hey, he was like, you know, he, he had a different attitude about him he was like hey he was like somebody left a uh, Mountain Dew on my desk he was like who did that and so I raised my hand so I did it he was like man I really appreciate that I need those uh, he I guess it was like his coffee and and he he was just thanking me profusely he was like I was having a bad day I left out early you know I left my I left my my cold reds at home and he usually takes brings two of them to work and so what I gave him was enough for three because it was a huge bottle. I guess he, he brings the smaller bottles. I don't know if it was a two liter. I can't remember what it was. But either way, you know, and God showed me in that moment, he said, you didn't know, understand what this guy was going through. But your act of obedience towards him and the kindness you showed towards him is is what showed him that. There are people out there who care. And so I found out later 
after I left the place. Because, again, so I had this peace that came about me. I hadn't started. I've been wanting to leave that job and, and all that other stuff. So I got peace that came about me at that point, And I was I was good the rest of the time. I was coming to work, positive attitude. And so I got a new job. And, you know, God was just showing me, like, see, I'm going to take care of you if you take care of my business. And so I got this new job and, you know, I put in my two week notice and, you know, I kept stayed positive and was working hard. I was staying late doing everything. And then the same manager that I was that I showed the, the love to, you know, he was he was telling other people like, yeah, Ricky, he's he's phoning it in. He's like giving up. He's not doing anything. And it was like, no, they spoke for me. It was like, no, Ricky has been staying late. He's making sure stuff is transitioned over properly. He cares because I could have phoned it in. I could have been like, man, I'm not I'm leaving. I'm done. But I didn't do that. So long story short, I come back, you know, I see him years later. This was like, phew, this was like probably five or so years after that. And he had gone through. He was going through traumatic times then. You know, he was talking on my name and he was going through. So I'm like, how, I'm like, God, how did I, you know, I, you asked me to do this. And it seemed like things were, you know, he, he saw the light and, and, but then he goes back to bashing my name. And God was just like, you did right. You, you, you did good, you know, just stay in that vein. So I did, you know, and I was just mad. I got frustrated. I'm like, this dude is really sitting here bashing me. I was like, I should call him and say, you know, what's going on? Like, you know, I, did you realize how much I stayed late? But I didn't have to because people spoke for me because they saw the work I was putting in. He just thought I was giving up because I was peaceful. I was happy. I was he was like, oh, he's phoning it in because he's too happy. No, I was I had joy in my life. And so when I saw him a few years after that, five or six years after that, I found out that his wife had passed away from cancer and he was basically having to take care of the, his two young sons. And it hit me hard because I'm like, wow, see, I didn't know how much he was going through. And when I saw him, it was at my daughter's a one of my daughter's a uh, one of her AAU tournaments and her and his stepdaughter, he had gotten remarried and his stepdaughter played. And we talked for, I mean, I, I barely even watched the game because we were just talking like two friends and catching up. And he was just sharing with me. And he was just like, man, he was like, he apologized. He was like, I thought that I thought that, you know, you had did this. I said, no, and I, I told him I was frustrated. But I said, you know what? I realized, you know, God showed me and he, he was a believer. Um, and he was like, God just showed me like, you know, I need to stop being disobedient i need to be at peace with the situation and understand that you are my manager and there are certain levels of respect that i had to have for you even though i was frustrated with things and how things were being run i still had to maintain a level of respect and i think my pastor apostle howard had just preached a message about that you know honoring those that are leaders over you you know respecting them even if i didn't agree you know, it's not to take abuse. So that's where that peace came from. But because I chose to be obedient, I was able to have an impact on his life, even that short time. And I mean, he was in a different place, he, you know, remarried. He seemed to be happy. He was healthier because he had some health struggles of his own. 
And he was having ulcers. So, you know, I, and I never understood that. So his job was very stressful. I mean, if anybody has worked in the call center industry, you know that those are those can be stressful jobs. And he was the call center director. So he was the top, top person in that center. And it's a very stats driven. You know, it's it's numbers driven about everything. You got a metrics and all that stuff. I mean, it was pretty it was pretty intense. So I say that to say. You never know who's watching you. You never know the influence you have on people. You don't know that. You don't know the impact. You never know who's watching. Similar to what I tell my son, you know, I tell him and my my daughter, you know, when it comes to sports, I tell them all the time. Every time you step out on that court, you never know who's watching you. Do you think that people are are you go to these basketball games that you're playing in and you, you feel like I'm not one of the top recruits out there? Somebody's probably not paying attention to me. But then you go out there and you play your game and you do well and they notice you. Now you're starting to get viewed. People are starting to pay attention to you and you're picking up some traction. It's the same thing with this. The same thing about being the salt of the earth and being a shed light. You have to ask yourself, you know, what 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 can I do? Even in my small community, in my household, what can I do at my place of business? Whether it's the job I work for or the company that I own or whatever you do, if you clean bathrooms, if you're a janitor, if you are a, um, you know, if you are um, a police officer, if you're a teacher, what is it that I can do to impact? To impact, make a positive impact in people's lives. What can I do to enhance and change my environment to make it better? What can I do to show that there is a difference? Think about that. Think about what you can bring to the table. And then go back and say, where am I recharging myself? Where am I getting my flavor enhanced at? Am I am I in a place? Am I allowing myself to be at a place where I'm enhancing my flavor? If you're not a member of a church, what is my relationship with Christ? How much am I reading his word? Yeah, churches, some churches shut down. Some churches went virtual when COVID happened, but the Bible didn't change. The, you know, our relationship with Christ, God didn't go on, didn't go on um, lockdown. He was still there. He is and he's still here. We got to stay fit for the fight. We got to stay ready to go. We have to we have to continue to push the envelope. We have to be willing to bring people in and allow them in, in their current state to experience our seasoning and see us operate in reality. I've heard so many times people say they go they, they, they in their place of business, they go to work and they invite people to church. And a lot of times people don't want to go to church with them. I was like, why do I, I know I'm looking for a church, but I don't want to go to your church because the way you act at work, judge, well, I'm judging the way you act at work. I don't I don't want to be around that because something ain't right. 
You can't be running around praising God and speaking in tongues and all this other stuff. And then you at work cussing out folks. Again, I'm not saying you got to be perfect. I'm not saying everybody's not a work in progress. But what salt are you bringing? What restraint do you have? Or if you have one of those moments, are you are you adult enough and grounded enough to say, I apologize. I'm sorry for the way I spoke. Let me fix this. Let me say this in a way so that you understand my heart or something I'm passionate about. Or if I'm having it, I like, you know what? I'm going through something. Everybody has those human moments and it's okay. But we have become a society and a people who don't forgive. We don't. And we got to stop that. Forgiveness, that is a human trait. Now, it doesn't mean that you forget. But if somebody is 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 true, true and genuine. At some point. We can we can take the apology. We don't have to forget what they did. And we don't have to be friends with everybody. This ain't about being friends with everybody. People are not going to like you just because you are salty. Oh, they think they're they're too good. They think they got it all. They look at them. They just happy. Bob. I mean, people do that with my wife and I in our marriage. We get this. We get people who praise us and say we love your marriage. And we got we and I'm sure we got people look at us like, oh, look at them. They they are happy. It's fake. We, and we tell y'all we we trust me we we have things that we work out all the time i'm gonna put a shameless plug the marriage transparency diary podcast is coming but we believe in marriage y'all we believe in, and we know we can work if you put the work in but we got people that's gonna talk about us regardless they're gonna talk about you oh ain't nobody that happy ain't nobody got that much joy Ain't nobody got this or that. And then when you have your moments of, of weakness or when you down or you make a mistake, they want to jump on you then. Oh, see, you was talking all that stuff. Now look at you. If you was if you was such a big, big Bible person and all this, then how did that happen? How did you how did you do this or how did you do that? Like like life doesn't happen to all of us. But through it all. I'm still here. I'm still growing through it all. When I wanted to quit doing this podcast through it all, when I wanted to just give up on so many things, there was dark places in my life where I just wanted to stop. Like I wasn't for sure if I wanted to be around, but through it all it was because of my relationship with Christ that I come back to it. I come back to where I'm supposed to be. It all starts with him. It's not about your pastor. It's not about your wife or your spouse, your husband. It's not about your kids. It's about your relationship with him. That is the first thing. Because at the end of the day, even with family, when you're dealing with humans, they are imperfect. When you're dealing with Christians, they are imperfect people trying to be perfect in him because Christ, God, the Holy Spirit is perfect. But it's it is a it is a a process and we're constantly having to be processed. 
to so that we can be the perfect product. And when it's all said and done, when our life is over, we should be what God created us to be. And in this process of growth and development, our saltiness is going to get on other people. They're going to see it and they're going to and they're going to be interested in it. Now, whether they act on it or not is another story. But if they're open to it, God will take care of that. You just keep being the light. You keep being the salt. You keep flavoring those bland situations in the world. And there are some people that just like bland. They just want to be rebellious. They just want to do what they do. And, and that's OK. You weren't called to save everybody, but you are called to save. So, again, I I hope this this um, not I hope I pray that this episode um, will I pray this episode will put you in a place to just think about you. Think about your individual selves. Think about where you are. Think about what you've done. Think about just in life in general. Are you praying for people? Are you praying for yourself? Are you praying for your family? See, some things don't have to be done outside of the house. Some things you can do right there in your own bedroom, living room, bathroom, wherever. Pray. Ask God for forgiveness. If there are relationships and things that you know that you got to make better, don't wait for the other person. Be the salt. You make it right. Hear God on it. Some of us have been sitting here for years thinking I need to call so-and-so and get that situation right. Or I miss so-and-so. I need to call them and talk to them and, and, and you know, just let them know that I'm still here and I love them. And we, and we delay it and we delay it. And that person is gone. They pass away. And you sit there like, man, I've been meaning to call them. How many times have we done that? And how many people know that that phone call that you make to break the ice, to establish communication again, might be the thing that turns around somebody's life? I've heard too many times over this past couple of years with COVID that, you know, with so many people dying and they didn't even get a chance to say goodbye to somebody or make it right. Let's be the salt, y'all. This ain't about no bland. I don't know about y'all. I don't like bland food. I don't like overly seasoned food. I like a good balance. A good balance will bring me back every time and keep me coming. But if you have a bland experience with food, think about restaurants. Think about a restaurant you go to. If you have a bland, if you have an experience that's bland and the food doesn't taste any better, would you go there? Would you keep going there, I should say? Or if you go to a place and they overseason the food, would you go back? No. Now, you may go somewhere and you taste a few things. And it's like, oh, it's not that bad. You know, I'll try it again. And you might come back and try another dish on the menu, another thing on the menu, another thing. It's like, man, everything's pretty good. This one thing I didn't really care for. You know, but everything else was good. I will come to this place. See, that's how that's how people look at us as as heirs. That's how people look at us. Yeah, I, I don't I don't 
care something about there. You know, it could be a personality trait that we have that people don't like, but they they feel the love. They they see our heart, and so they're they're like, I want to see more, or I want to find out more about why this guy's happy, or I see the blessing in his life. I want that. I've had family members come up to me like, man, I see you know your marriage is doing good. You know, my wife and I, as you guys know, celebrated twenty years of marriage last month. Like your marriage seems so good. Your family's this. We see you growing and building and, you know, increasing in life and all this other stuff. You know, and and it's attractive. But it's not about the material. So they see a sense of when they're around us. I have people that that say, you know, I see y'all and y'all just got this peace about y'all. It ain't even about the material thing. They just talk about our marriage. Like I just see I feel peace. People come into our house. Every house we've been in, we've had people come in there. It's like, your house just seems so peaceful. It's just, we can relax here. We can enjoy ourselves. We can be ourselves. They don't feel turmoil. They don't feel hate. See, I've sat at tables. I've been mentored by. I've, I've managed. I manage currently. I've got people who have, have from all walks of life. I've got people who... Um, are believers and non-believers. I've got people who are, you know, part of the the LGBT community, and I've had conversations with them. I, I talk to everybody. Why? Because the main thing that people need to understand about being a follower of Christ is they need to experience love, and you can have love without being able to agree. And there's things that I don't that people don't agree with me on. There's things that I don't agree with other people on. At the end of the day, we can have a conversation and know where we stand and I can still walk in love and they can still know that they're going to get love from me. That is a different mindset. I've said it before, you know, and, and I'm not trying to stick things on because a lot of times, you know, there are people who who they they feel like the church folks are hypocritical. And I say this, you know, I, I say this and I, I'm going to stand on this and this is my belief. Do I agree with homosexuality, transgender? Do I do, do I believe with that? No, I don't believe. I don't believe with with my faith, my spiritual being. I do not believe that is right. I also don't believe that murder is is right. I don't believe that. Uh, abuse is right. I don't is I don't believe in um, adultery. I don't believe that's right. I know that fornication is wrong. Does it occur? Yes. But it needs to have the same level of scrutiny that everything else does. But through all of that. I still respect a person. Whether I agree with them or not. I will sit there. I will talk to him. Like I've said before, my manager, one of my my first managers that I had that I respected, that I really respected and listened to. He was a homosexual man. He passed away some years ago, but he was a great person. And he knew where I stood, but he was a great person and he, he mentored me and you know, we had a great relationship. He understood where I came from and, and I understood him and I, and I treated him like a man. I treated him 
um, professionally. I treated him, you know, I didn't knock him. You know, we, we, we had a great time joking. We joked with each other. We, we had boundaries. We understood, but that that's the part where I talk about not even from the religious side, just as human beings, we were able to, to grow a relationship with boundaries, understanding that at the end of the day, I care about you. I want you to be the best person you can be. And he wanted me to be the best person I can be. And it wasn't about our, our, you know, our, our religious beliefs or sexual preferences, all that stuff. That didn't matter. He helped me understand how to manage personalities. He helped me understand about managing people that everybody is almost like being a parent. You love your kids all the same, but different. You manage people the same, but different. You're not just managing a resource. You're managing a person. They have personalities. They have things that you have to account for. A good manager sees that. He helped me understand that. And so whether I agree with his lifestyle, I loved him as a mentor. You know what I'm saying? And I didn't allow his lifestyle to influence me. And, you know, did I influence him? I don't know. But I was able to stand on my beliefs and continue to grow and be happy and joyful and do the things I needed to do to grow my career. And he lived his life and he helped me. And, you know, we, again, had a great relationship. And there's others, there's people, others that I've managed. Had conversations with folks, you know, that I managed them. And they they understood, you know, I I knew how to keep business and be professional in certain arenas. But I've had conversations, you know, I had to I have people, you know, trying to bring stuff into work, trying to set, you know, set set these division dividers up. And I'm like, at the end of the day, I want to see everybody win. I want to see everybody succeed. Separating business and professional things and all of that, but just ultimately as a human, as a, as a person, I want you to do the best that you can do. I'm not looking for you to fail. Now, if you, if you're my enemy, then that's a different story. But see, a true believer doesn't approach everybody as an enemy until they show themselves as that, or God shows them that they're an enemy. So to, you know, these different communities out there to, to folks who, who think that I'm against them. I'm not against anybody who is about love, who's about creating positive experiences in this world. There are countries out there who, who work together, even though they don't share some of the same principles, but they're willing to work together to make the world a better place to, to work through trades. And, you know, it's funny how, when money is involved, people can be partners and they can have these relationships. Everything goes out the window like, oh, well, yeah, I don't like that person, but, you know, they're paying me. This person over here, I know they're racist and they hate black people, but they see 
a business opportunity and I see a business opportunity. So I'm willing to deal with that for the sake of making money. And I, I mean, I'm saying that hypothetically, but there are things like that that happen. So knowing those things. See, if you have a common interest. You deal with a lot of stuff. It happens in the streets all the time and people see movies and TV shows where you got rival gangs and and all these people sit down and have parlays and they, they figure out how they can, you know, manage and live together and make money and all this other stuff. And, you know, they organize and they willing to do everything possible to make that money. Why can't we do that to just live lives? If you don't like me, that's fine. Here's my boundaries. Here's your boundaries. We see each other. We can be cordial. We don't have to. We don't have to love each other. We don't have to to go out to dinner and break bread and all that stuff. We don't have to. I respect you. So if I don't agree with something, I don't agree, but I don't have any ill will towards you. But if you if you know invoking somebody's wrath is a different thing than just people living lives that are different than what you expect and that you that you believe in and if i have an opinion yeah i can share my opinion but it's always going to be in love there are people who don't like christians for whatever their reason is they don't and you know my job again is to live my life to the best of my ability and hopefully influence people and they see me and they change their mindset. I know I've come in contact with people who have had negative, have had a negative thought about African-American men. And I know I've, I've had a positive impact and influence on people like that. I've, I've heard people tell me so that or not directly, but they mention that. So, again, you don't know who's watching. You don't know what people are going through. But as kingdom heirs, this is what we're called to do. So I'm ranting and I'm raving a little bit. I know I'm going on and off the script I had, but this is really coming from the heart. So I hope everybody hears that. I hope I hope you hear my heart. Start today. What can you do to improve your environment, to improve you? Are you bringing salt? Are you breaking it? Are you enhancing what's around you? Or are you watering down everything? Are you shedding light and, and brightening up situations? Or are you just throwing more shade on it in darkness? Are you overly salting the situation? Are you repelling people away from you because you are doing too much? Is your Are you shining so much light that nobody can stand in the light that nobody else can be there and there's a difference so again as always i appreciate i appreciate this platform i appreciate those that listen i ask you to share if you got something from it subscribe uh, i've got the links in the in the bio and in, in the uh episode information so again check us out we're on all the the um streaming platforms for podcasts apple podcast spotify iheart all those places uh the website is um www.airflowpodcast.com 
We're on Facebook. Look us up at facebook.com forward slash airflow podcast. Um, you know, you can get the episodes there. Um, but yeah, I'm going to continue to do this thing. It's going to get better. It's going to continue to grow. And, you know, again, some of these conversations aren't going to be as lighthearted as this. I mean, it's not going to be lighthearted like this one is. But at the end of the day, I'm trying to I'm trying to invoke change. I'm trying to 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 be better for myself. And I may just be talking to myself with a lot of this. And some people may listen to this and say, Ricky, what are you talking about? Maybe this episode was for me, but whatever it is. I'm glad I have this opportunity to get this off. Um, I pray that God heard me. I pray that you heard my heart. And, you know, I'm just asking God to increase me. I don't want to be watered down. I was created to have a salty flavor. As funny as that sounds. Um, And I want to be the flavor enhancer that I was created to be. And that's what we are as air. So, as always, as a kingdom heir, you were created to flow. And that's flowing everything that, that God has purposed and planned in your life. So until next time, flow on. <laughs>